welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C., and today my guest is Charles Johnson of Little Green Footballs. I'm going to keep my intros as brief as possible, but real quick, just keep in mind that the show uh, early on, very early on in the first few minutes, I switched over. We were talking on the phone and he was kind of going in and out. So then we switched over and we used a different way to record the show and it sounds much better. So just keep that in mind. The first couple of minutes are a little choppy, but then we switch over and then everything's fine. So the Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners. It's woman run. I don't have corporate backers. And right now, I'm not using advertisers, although that's going to change. So stay tuned on that one. But overall, it is patrons who keep the show going. So first of all, thank you to all my patrons. Also, if you enjoy today's show, please take a look at my about page. You can see some of my past guests. Most of the time, I focus on politics and I have political pundits and authors and the like on, but occasionally I do have an actor on here and there, and I focus solely on their craft. Sometimes, though, we do, you know, politics slips in. So every every once in a while, I have an actor on, but you can go to the About page on patreon.com slash startmeup. You can see the past guests that I've had, and you can also see the different kinds of tiers that you can sign up for to support the show. So you can, you can become a patron for any dollar amount like for instance you can start off with two or three bucks and if you want to upgrade later you can do that the way that it works though is I do two free shows every week on Monday and Wednesday then I do two patrons only shows a month and then after the free show I do Kimberly's after party which is just for five dollar patrons and up So it works like this if you sign up for four dollars or less you get delivered to your email box you get all the free shows, and you get one patrons-only show. When you sign up for $5 or more, you get everything delivered to your email box, which is two free shows, two patrons-only shows, and all of the Kimberly's after parties. So there's that. And the one thing to keep in mind, I think what I'm going to do is once I start doing advertising, I will give my patrons the option of a show without advertisements, for whatever tier. I'll figure that out later. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup. And it would be awesome if you become a patron. You can also make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description because I always include my email address and that's attached to my PayPal. So if you want to do that, I'm happy for you to do it. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes slash Apple podcast and become a subscriber. It's free. And while you're there, if you like the show, I would love it if you gave me a rating and a review. Just keep in mind, you don't have to write a lot. Some people, I think, feel pressure. Don't worry. Just a sentence is good enough. And also, you can do the same thing with my books. If you've read my books, which I always talk about at the end of every free show, you can go to Amazon and give me a review over there. It would be awesome. Podcasters and authors depend on reviews. That's it. Please enjoy my conversation with Charles Johnson. Welcome, Charles Johnson. Hi, Julie. How are you? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to hang in there. <laughs> it's like crazy world. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been crazy world the past uh, at least five years. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been really fucking insane. Um, no kidding. <laughs> now, before we get in, I want to ask you questions about what's going on. But I would like for you to give a little background to my listeners. I mean, I know a lot of people who listen to Bob Suska's show, um, listen to my show, but not everybody. So why don't you tell us about yourself? Oh, um, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a long story. Uh, well, just give I, us the cliff I, notes. I, my first uh, profession was actually as a professional musician. Wow. And, um, and I played with a bunch of uh, pretty well-known people in the jazz field, like uh, cool. Stanley Clark, George Duke, uh, Al Jarreau. I played with Al Jarreau, toured wow. with him for upwards of seven years. Um, wow. And uh, I played on a, a couple of uh, gold records. So I had a pretty successful career as a musician. And cool. actually, I, I still do play music, but mm-hmm. I'm not really trying to tour right now because mm-hmm. it's, it's too grueling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But at the same time as I was a musician, I was always very interested in uh, computers and technology. And um, I sort of taught myself to program hmm. back 
the early days of computing when Atari was making computers. Yes. And uh, I actually had a, a company that sold uh, utility software for Atari computers. So at the same time as I was, you know, playing music and touring and all that stuff, I would occasionally bring my computer on the road with me. I had a road case made up for it. <laughs> wow. Everybody used to laugh. At that. <laughs> I was amazing. the nerd tour <laughs> and uh, so what happened was uh, there was a period right around uh, 2000 2001 when i was not touring and uh, things were just not really looking real great for me so uh -huh. i started a web design company and one of the things that i did as part of that was to um, begin a blog hmm. online mm -hmm. And I did it actually just to see how the technology all fit together and how it all worked and, you know, figure it all out. Yeah. At the time, it was pretty primitive. I mean, there wasn't much in, in terms of blog software. Mm -hmm. But uh, then, while I was doing that, 2001, 9-11 happened. Wow. And, and I started writing about radical Islam and, uh, you know, trying to figure out what the forces were that led to that day mm -hmm. and and somehow i don't know the word spread and it started getting the blog started getting very popular hmm. and um anyway to make a long story short it, it sort of became uh, well not sort of it did become associated with the right wing hmm. and got a really bad reputation <laughs> uh i would have to be honest about that it really did and, and you know partly deserved partly yeah overblown it wasn't as bad as people thought it it was and for example i never allowed nazis on the site or anything like that you, yeah. you know stuff that twit now right <laughs> so uh you know it uh there there came a time when i i suddenly realized well not suddenly it was a pretty gradual thing that uh things were getting out of control on yeah. my site and also in the right wing in general wow. and again to make a long Sure, I made a big public break with the right and wrote a, a sort of a semi manifesto of that and posted it online and caused a big uh, furor in the right wing community. Um, wow. You know, I, there are people who are still attacking me to this day for it. <laughs> I, I still crazy. see people on Twitter, you know, mention me as, a, as an example of someone who went crazy. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> Okay, so we had to switch over to uh, an online thing where we can communicate because his cell was kind of going in and out. So hopefully this will work. And back to what you were saying, you were talking about your blog and that how it had gotten a lot of criticism, but even though it wasn't filled with Nazi weirdos. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we had plenty of weirdos. They right. just weren't Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, in any case, I, I made a big break with, uh, with the whole right wing and posted a big statement online as sort of a semi-manifesto huh. and um, <clears throat> since then I've been uh, I got better <laughs> <laughs> what can I say I took a shower and then I felt better wow <laughs> so. that's so fascinating I mean how long you know there, there's I don't know if you're familiar with David Weissman but he was a Trump supporter who has now become like a Warren Democrat he, he actually works with the Lincoln Project and his transition from like mega lunatic and to normal kind of person took about, I mean, I think it like the whole process took him about a year. So how long did it take you? Was it like a quick thing or was it slow? How did it work for you? Um, well, it's weird because, you know, I was always a Democrat before, uh, before nine 11. Um, huh. I, I voted Democrat f my entire life. In fact, I voted wow. for Al Gore. Wow. I, I didn't vote cool. for George Bush the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was uh, I was already there. Yeah. And then 9-11 sort of uh, pushed me I in see. a more okay. conservative direction because, uh, you know, I actually, I was born in New York and I grew up there sort of until I was about 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, I sort of really connected with that and it made a big impression on me. Mm -hmm. And... And, you know, I, I spent a lot of time being angry about it. And, you know, that was really what motivated me. It wasn't really conservatism hmm. per se. Yeah. You know, it was more just, you know, and, and plus I was not, 
very politically savvy at yeah. that time either. You know, I, I had been a musician my whole life. You know, I mean, I, right. I voted Democratic, and if I had any politics at all, they were definitely liberal. But yeah. you know, I wasn't really. I didn't know how the right wing worked, mm -hmm. and you know, the idea. I didn't understand you know, the the forces at play mm -hmm. behind some of the people who were supporting me. Uh, for instance, people like Robert Spencer and Pamela Geller, uh, for example, uh, you know, they presented themselves as being, you know, uh, reasonable people who yeah. had, you know, studied the the history and, you know, and, and come to these conclusions about Islam, you know, mm -hmm. genuinely. And, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't, it took me a little while to figure out that this was all a front, yeah. you know, <laughs> that it was really, it was really a front for bigotry and, right. and hatred. And it, and it was not new. It was something that had been going on for many years. Mm -hmm. wow. So, you know, I, I really, I got a quick education in politics and I guess, you know, I really started to make the break around 2006, 2007. Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, one of the first things that really, uh, really changed my mind was um, discussing evolution <laughs> on my blog, and and finding out that a lot of the people who were reading my blog and commenting there were creationists, <laughs> wow. and I I literally could not believe it at the time. I I was shocked to find out it was so widespread. Yeah, you know, like I said, I was pretty naive about the, this kind of politics wow. and. And um, that was one of the first rude awakenings I had. And, and it was also one of the first times I realized what would happen if you questioned the uh, accepted wisdom mm -hmm. of the right wing. And a lot of those people turned on me at yeah. that point, like radically turned on yeah. me, <laughs> became stalkers, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and then as I began to look into this subject more, you know, other parts and aspects of this whole big mess revealed themselves, you know, because people who believe in creationism and climate change denial mm -hmm. are often, they're the full right-wing package. Yes. I mean, they, they believe in all of it, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, tax cuts, right. you know, it's, it's all part of the same package. And I, I started realizing that and I couldn't, I could no longer fool myself into thinking there was some kind of post-partisan thing about what I was doing. Right. You know? I mean, that's what, yeah. I, that's what I told myself for a long time. And that's what I kind of tried to promote on the blog. But, I, you know, it just it wasn't going to work, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. because, the, because the right wing was too thoroughly entrenched in their bigotry and, and hatred, and it was not going to change. And, and at that point, I made that break, and, man, it has only gotten worse ever since. Yeah. It really has. I mean, I'm kind of with you on the fact that when I was younger, I, well, first of all, I mean, I voted for Bill Clinton mainly because my parents are Democrats, and so I was raised Democratic, but I didn't ever really follow politics. Uh -huh. the, only, the only thing that I would follow is sensationalistic news stories, you know, whether it was like the, I talked about this a little bit in my, uh, my patrons only show today, but basically I liked things like, you know, or paid attention to like the OJ trial. Or, uh -huh. you know, the shock and awe. Because oh, me too. <laughs> and, and, and it was like, and, and, and what's happening right now, it reminds me of all, of all of that because it's so sensationalistic and it's exciting. And it's not that it's a positive kind of exciting, it's negative, but it's fascinating. And it's kind of like, you know, I posted the other day, watching the downfall of Donald Trump is my cocaine, even though all of this <laughs> stuff is like horrifying. I, I can say that I legitimately feel that kind of like I'm amped up when right. I'm watching this stuff and it gets me going. And then, of course, participating in Twitter with everybody else and being able to use humor and um, sarcasm, it makes it it makes it bearable and it makes it kind of fun. Yeah, it does. You're right. And um, yeah, it's like so that it's fascinating because I kind of had the same thing where I didn't really get hardcore. My mother was always freaking out she started freaking out when george bush basically w when the supreme court decided that he won and she was just on a rampage and she was <laughs> convinced that we were going down you know this terrible 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 path and and then of course he won again and god it was just so devastating 
I know Bob was going through the same thing. I didn't know him at the time, but he was going through the same thing my mom was going through. And I was listening to her and getting basically most of my information from her. Although, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I understood what was going on. She's very smart. She's very capable. So I trusted what her opinions were were pretty accurate. And, you know, as it turns out, she was right about everything. But um, I really... I was like your mother, actually. I I was horrified, too, when George Bush won that first time. Yeah, well, I I was also... I mean, that's when I I started... That's when I started paying attention. I really didn't get sucked all the way in until 2012. But, I mean, with... Like, with each... uh, First of all, Bush won. Then he won again. And then it was Sarah Palin. I remember when I saw Sarah Palin, I freaked out. She freaked me out. And, um, you know, it was like I I, I so specifically remember watching her at the RNC and running over to my computer looking for dirt on her, thinking, oh, my God, there's got to be something terrible about her and thinking, "Okay, we've got a couple of months here. America really loves to put people on a pedestal and then they love to knock them off. But do we have enough time? And then clearly (laughs) they, they got they figured it out with her fast but yeah we well there was much. plenty of dirt on her i mean she there was, was. She, she was connected to all kinds of right-wing radical stuff yeah absolutely and and then it didn't take long especially that katie cork interview really hurt her but um i'm i'm positive that the fact that she's a woman made it easier to knock her down because donald trump i think is even worse and he wasn't knocked down and yeah. he was embraced and so um, I, th- I think sexism played a part, although I've talked to a few people who disagree with me, but I'm going to stand by. I think sexism had something to do with it. Oh, well, I think I think it did, too. I yeah. mean, there's definite. I mean, sexism was the reason why she was picked. Exactly. Actually. Exactly. She, I mean, that's why it was a cynical play to, you know, make the Republican Party look more inclusive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. You know. She freaked me out so much. And so, yeah, I mean, now in 2012, at, that's when I started blogging and that's when I started getting heavily involved in politics. And so um, you and I have a similar situation. going. I used to be an actor and so I, obviously not a musician, but a creative. So uh-huh, I, uh-huh. I can identify with where you're coming from. Well, there you go. Well, Sarah Palin, by the way, was also a creationist. So yeah. <laughs> there, yeah, there's more <laughs> evidence for that, that whole package theory, you know. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. Um, all right. So let's talk about some of the crazy shit that's going on right now. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you think I mean, I'm going to ask you your opinion on a bunch of things. But I just want to see what you have to say and just happy to just discuss it. Um, sure. But what is your feeling about what the Senate's going to do? Are they do you think they're going to convict? No, I don't think so. I, I think the Republican Party is still going to uh you know, they, they're just, they're lost, man. <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to convict. I think that, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell is making sounds like he kind of wants to, and mm-hmm. some of them are making sounds, but I think when it comes down to it, they won't. Huh. I, I just don't think they're, they're, they're going to change even now. I mean, I'd love to be proved wrong. <laughs> well, I think if they do, I think if they convict him, it would be because of the loss of big corporate American donors. Yes, um, that's going to be that'll be the determining yes. factor. I yeah. agree. Hmm. I, you know, it's hard for me to say because I can't predict what they're going to do. I, I mean, obviously, I don't know if you've paid attention uh, a little earlier to some of these things. Matt Gates was, you know, screaming about how um, how the Democrats are the ones that are violent and more violent than MAGA. And oh yeah, uh, yeah. oh my God. Oh uh, my he's God. just echoing Trump, you know, yes. and Trump is just echoing the entire right wing gestalt, you know. Yeah. I mean, Trump is like a right wing troll who became president. He totally is. It's just so sad. So, do you think? Okay, so now. Okay, let's just say that he does get convicted and he's asked to leave, and Pence is president for fifteen minutes. Do you think P- Pence would pardon him? Now that's an interesting question. Um, hmm. I I think he probably would because I mean, <laughs> you know those those rioters were chanting "Hang Mike Pence." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he still refused to invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Right. You know, so that tells you something about Mike Pence that yeah. he has no spine whatsoever. <laughs> and I think he he very might very well might pardon Trump. Well, yeah. I mean, I noticed on your timeline you posted a New York Times article and. Uh, the person who uh, you posted a tweet and it said people might quote and you didn't say this I think someone else did but people might quote Trump calling Pence a pussy 
But the big takeaway from this piece is that Trump really pushed Pence to overturn the election, and Pence actively investigated the option. So right. who knows, you know, and who knows what would have happened if he spoke to different lawyers. So yeah, it looks like Pence went after this and thought no. Um, right. You know, he, he so I mean, I don't know. I mean, he is such a weakling, and you know, I know that Steve Schmidt had de- described him. Uh, I think it was sn- sniveling servitude. <laughs> you know, that he there had. you go. That's a good description. <laughs> he has a way with those kind of words. He sure does. Um, <laughs> But it's like so. But but I like wonder about him because first of all, I think he's delusional in thinking that he's got any kind of political, real political future. Although, it's really tough to determine. I I, I think it would have been really easy for me to say, you know, six years ago, Donald Trump has no political future. So I I am never going to underestimate the Republican Party or overestimate them or whatever because (laughs) their ability to surprise me never ends. And it's usually they surprise us in a very upsetting (laughs) and negative way. I mean, the thing about Trump, though, is that, you know, he's actually losing not just his political support, but all of his financial support. You know, I mean, uh, people are refusing to do business with him now that hurts him much more than any kind of radical opinions i think yeah absolutely so, i mean i think there was uh in new york they're not going to do business with him it was the yeah. trump corporation that just got cut off today he got he also lost his youtube and yeah he lost his youtube and and the pga yeah refused to refuse to do business with him all, all kinds of people are just <laughs> saying no yeah <laughs> no we're done with you and and he's been deplatformed like a motherfucker <laughs> And again, that is my cocaine. Like, I get all excited. But, you know, I, I, you know, Angela Merkel said that she thought that was problematic. And I know some other world leaders weighed in and they thought that Twitter taking away his platform was pro- problematic. But it's like, how can she possibly think that, especially considering her country and what happened there and the fact that Trump has been inciting violence for months Right, and the fact that there are actually laws in Germany against Nazi symbology, so you know, it's yeah. a little, uh, little strange for her to criticize that. Yeah, um, and it's upsetting because I think that it puts. Uh, I mean, I know that Twitter has lost a lot of stock, um, or uh, you know, the stock value, and I, I know that they're hurting on this, and I don't know that that's going to be permanent. It might just be something that comes back later. I think it will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it always goes up and down, but I mean, I think that it's. It's kind of like, you know, Bob said something along the lines of, you know, because he, he's just like me, obsessed and checks all the time. And so he, <laughs> you know, and he watched every Trump rally, which I could oh not do. But he, I could not do that either. <laughs> no, man, but he did. He watched every rally. And yeah. so, you know, he was always right on top of what Donald Trump was saying. And now it's like he feels, Bob feels like it's kind of weird to not gauge, be able to gauge his thinking, because after you followed someone so closely for so long, it's kind of like you start to pick up on, you know, parts of their personality, and you can start expecting things yeah. or anticipating, and he can't do that anymore. And he, yeah, you know, that's a good point, you know. Yeah. And I, I mean, I find myself continually looking over at that column in TweetDeck that used to be real Donald Trump, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sort of by a reflex to go, what is he doing now? Right. Oh, God. It's just, it's kind of weird. So, I mean, I I agree with the decision to get rid of him. But frankly, I thought it was going to happen like the calls would be there. And I thought the calls were important and they needed to be noted and recognized. But I figured that Twitter wouldn't do anything until after he was out of office. Basically to save themselves that particular criticism that they're getting right now. Um, I figured, you know, they'd get that criticism once he was no longer president. But boy, that was a bold decision, and I mean, it was it was it's everything. It's parlor. So I think that the yeah, you yeah. know what actually what what actually triggered it. Um, I was reading, I think in Wired or somewhere, uh, there were a lot of Twitter employees, yeah. developers, and and stockholders who made it known that they didn't want Donald Trump on the service anymore. I think that was probably the determining factor. Right. You know, but I'll tell you that day when I suddenly noticed that he was gone, I I was surprised. Yeah. And it takes a lot to surprise me these days. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised too. I mean, it was it's like when Trump said he had COVID. Oh my God, I was I, I remember it was like I found out <laughs> early. It was four or five o'clock in the morning, and Bob was still sleeping, 
And I just, you know, I woke up to go to the bathroom or something, and then I checked my phone, and I see he's got COVID, and it was like, oh, my God, I wanted to tell Bob so badly. (laughs) I thought, I'm not going to wake him up. I'm not going to wake him up. And I just laid there for hours because I couldn't sleep. It was like my mind was just going. And so, yeah, I think, was it last Friday? I think it was last Friday when they they took him up. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was Friday night. Either way, um... That was that's a, you know that's another way that this whole whole mess is like cocaine because you you can't sleep and you feel terrible yeah. but but you want more cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so terrible. It's like we get into bed at night and he's on his phone and then I'm on. Although I think a lot of the time I think he's on Instagram and if he's on Instagram it means he's having fun. But mm-hmm. um, you know I I get on and I'm like okay. I, I told him, you know, I turn off my light. I said, you can do whatever you want if you want to look. He's like, no, I think we should, you know, go to bed at the same time. And so I said, okay, fine. But it's just so funny because it's like, I said, okay, five minutes, which five, turns into 20. And it's like, <laughs> okay, we have to go to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> Always, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm so curious what's going to go down. I mean, do wha- obviously the FBI is warning that all 50 states, there's going to be, Violence, mm-hmm. protesting. Yeah. So of course you can expect violence. These people are—they have—they're online, they're organized, and they're dangerous. So I'm just—you know—I'm trying to like every day. I'm curious and thinking, what is going to go down? Do you have any feeling in any way? Do you think, as far as yeah. inauguration day, what do you think is going to happen? Like, can boy, you, well, I can't make any real predictions, but I would—I do. You know, I am pretty afraid of, of yeah. what the right wing is going to do right now because some of these people are extremely crazy and yeah. extremely well-armed, you know. I don't think – I'm not worried about them taking over the government. I don't think right. that's ever going to happen. But, I mean, on an individual level, you know, a, a, an Oklahoma City-type bombing or something like that mm-hmm. is very possible, Yeah. you know, uh, because they're nuts. And, yeah. and look, they, they tried to plant bombs in the Capitol, that's, you know, <laughs> not even Osama bin Laden got to that point. Right. Well, you know, Osama bin Laden's, I think it was his girlfriend, um, right after 9-11, said something like, I, can't, I don't remember her quote, but it was something along the lines of America will do a much better job of destroying itself than we can ever do. Yeah, well, that was actually Osama bin Laden's uh, motivation. Yeah. You know, that was one of the reasons for the attack was to make yeah. America react or overreact mm-hmm. to to the attack, and and it worked. <laughs> yeah, we did, we did, and then the, I think the same can be said for Putin because, uh, you know, he, I think that part of his strategy was just basically to install as as John Mulaney's. I don't know if you saw that clip of the horse in the hospital. Have you ever? Oh seen yeah. That? So Great yeah, one. I mean, he put the horse in the hospital, but I think that he also, I think the strategy is put the crazy guy in and let him fuck everything up. But at the same time, I do think Trump has gotten certain suggestions, as Michael Cohen might call them, um, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was suggestions or orders. Trump understands that he has to do what Putin wants or he's in trouble. And yeah. so I think that it was a combination of both. Like, I don't know that Putin was calling up Trump every day and going, OK, do this, do this, do that. But, you know, there's all the oligarchs, the, the in-betweeners, all yeah. with the messages, and Trump understands who he answers to. And, and the, the very clear thing is that he's never, he's never said anything bad about Putin. He's never crossed any kind of... He understands. Yes. Not once. Yeah. Not once. It's really, really striking, you know. Um, I mean, I, I'm not the only one to ever say this, but if you look at what he's done since he became president... You know, how would someone who is actually a foreign agent do anything differently? Exactly. They wouldn't. I mean, he's literally, he's put people in charge of every agency who wanted to destroy that agency. You know, like uh, Betsy DeVos, you know, she's explicitly said she doesn't believe in the Department of Education. He put her in charge of it. You know, it's, it's just striking that it, yeah. at every step he's done things that would that would harm the government mm-hmm. and and uh, and destroy necessary services and agencies for people who need them yeah you know it's really it's really striking it's just so upsetting you know i mean every day i you know every day i talk to my mom and she's going to be 74 in march and she's basically alone 
because of COVID. And, mm. you know, I live close by, but we both choose not to see each other just to be on the safe side. And, you know, as, as the, the, the vaccine is coming, I think she's going to be able to get her vaccine in, in March, maybe April. Uh-huh. I'll probably be getting it sometime this summer. So, I, you know, we're hoping that both of us will be vaccinated by the summer and things can go back to normal. But it's very tough. Right. You know, it's a very yeah, it tough is. situation. And she's experiencing depression. But every day I call her and we talk about it. And it's like the, the, the common theme that we just never it's like we can't believe every day. You can't believe yeah. what's happening. I mean, literally, the way the way Trump approached this uh, this pandemic, I, I consider it mass murder. Yes, I really do, and I think it's deliberate. I yeah. I think he he want he he believed he was only going to be harming the people who were opposed to him. Yeah, you know the blue states and you know those those dreaded Democrat cities, mm-hmm. sanctuary cities. Right. You know that's who he thought was really going to be hurt by it, and it it actually ended up hurting everyone. Yeah. But probably his own followers disproportionately mm-hmm. more. Yeah, of course. You know, and and just the the way he's behaved throughout it is so despicable and disgusting. You know, refusing to wear a mask, yeah. refusing to set any kind of example for the country. That's one of the president's main jobs. Yeah. You well, know, he really never was... he never did that pivot. <laughs> yeah. He never pivoted. <laughs> yeah, and the, the new tone just was the same as the old tone. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, Van Jones was wrong. And uh, he never really did become president. But, you know, it's interesting to me because I don't know if you're familiar with Chicks on the Right. Have you ever heard of them? Yeah, I've, I've heard of them. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the reason I think I blocked them on Twitter. <laughs> well, that would be a smart thing to do. Um, yeah. They are mean and nasty women. But I pay attention to them just because they attacked me several times. And so I like to kind of go over to their Facebook page. I know they do a um, like a a video uh, podcast type thing every day. So I like to listen to them because they, they are the ones who I kind of, like, I gauge where the tea, their tea party. And initially they didn't like Trump. Of course they voted for him and they supported him this entire time, but they're more like Ted Cruz type supporters. So, you know, they, they, uh-huh. they like Josh Hawley and they like um, all, all, all the really gross, ugh, that Bobert woman, <laughs> people like that. So, um, but the, you know, they, they will, march along in lockstep with the party. So it was interesting today because for for a long time I couldn't go over to their page because I felt like they were winning, right? They not winning literally, but Trump was getting his way and he was doing whatever yeah, he yeah. wanted and it was like I just couldn't deal with them. And so now that we are getting some sanity back and you know, I know they're they're freaking out about Twitter, they're freaking about losing their page and all this stuff. Anyway, today I watched them and they were saying that they're getting a lot of hate mail from MAGA and <laughs> that they are. And basically because the reason they're getting the hate mail is because they are accepting the fact that Joe Biden is the president. And I really was I was actually kind of pleased to hear this. And, you know, I, I they're still defending. I guess Twitter got rid of 70,000 Twitter users who have posted QAnon content. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a lot large, yeah. large bunch of uh, of idiots <laughs> yeah and so they were def- they were defending the fact you should be able to post the QAnon stuff so they didn't like that but they did they were kind of talking to their listeners like come on people he lost come on hello and i was uh-huh. like i said i appreciate the fact that they have at least one toe in reality i mean i think <laughs> most of the time they're in you know bu- living on bullshit mountain in that bubble but yeah. uh, they, they at least they see that. So, I mean, I'm kind of hopeful, but their overall message is still very toxic and not help- yeah. helpful. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> you know, even if we hadn't had this this mess, we'd, you know, with Trump refusing to accept the results, it still would. Yeah, it would. It wouldn't be good. You know, no. I mean. Because the Republican Party is still going to be the Republican Party no matter what happens, yeah. and and you know they've revealed themselves during the Trump era as as a deeply uh, reactionary and revanchist party that will do anything to hold on to power. Yeah. I think that's going to stick with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much real damage it will do. You know, I mean, there's a certain uh, percentage of people in this country who are going to follow them no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But um, but I think it. 
I think they've really harmed themselves. I mean, was it uh, Lindsey Graham made that famous statement, you know, <laughs> during the campaign that, you know, if we elect Donald Trump, we'll be destroying ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, it came true. <laughs> but but <laughs> and, like my fear, though, is, OK, for instance, Iv Ivanka is still under the impression she's got a shot at the presidency. Um, right. Now, barring her going to jail, which she could because she's committed fraud, um, and other, I'm sure other, there's other cr crimes that she's committed that you know we may not even know about. But oh, I know just wait until it all comes out. Right. I think people will be horrified at, at how much crime was going on. Yes, as Molly Jong Fast says, how much criming? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how much of the criming? But I mean, <laughs> like, I'm a little concerned because I feel like, first of all, our country seems to forget things very easily. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are not paying attention, even while Trump was president. And even though we saw historic turnout, a huge part of the country still didn't vote. That's and, true. And so, I, you know, and in this case, a lot of people voted. There were a lot of Republicans who voted just for Biden. They voted, you know, top of the ticket for Biden, bottom of the ticket for Republicans. So, you know, what does that mean for us in 2022 and in 2024? And that, yeah. you know, so somebody like Ivanka pretend like let's just pretend and or I, I'm going to say pretend, but hope. I don't know that she doesn't. I mean, let's say she doesn't go to jail. Uh, I, I do see. I, I think that there she, I know she was considering there's been reports that she's been considering a run against Marco Rubio. I don't know if she could successfully win because there's a very large Cuban population that I think might remain loyal to him. Um, but then again, it is, you know, it's it's a right very right country, uh, not country, uh, state and, yeah, you know, right wing yeah. state, a lot of older people who are very, 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 very much in buy into this. And, you know, they get seduced by her whispery bullshit voice and her, yes. you know, her plastic surgery. Right. I they do. Know. Absolutely. I, I fear that that is a real thing. Like I'm, I'm not convinced that we've got 2020, I mean, 2022. Uh, to be honest, I'm pretty cynical about uh, the idea that any of these people will be going to jail. I mean, I yeah. I kind of think that they probably won't just because we don't do things that way here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just rarely happens. I mean, the only thing that might make it happen is just that Trump is such a despicable criminal in so many ways. And he's done so much bad to the country. It might be impossible to just let him go. Yeah, actually, yeah. I think that will. I think though, that what will happen is that most likely he will, if he ever goes to jail, it would be for money laundering. Yeah, that's going to be a big one for yeah. sure. Um, you know, and just the all of the stuff around that. You yeah. know, uh, but but you know, I mean, I, I'd like to see him prosecuted for mass murder Me myself <laughs> at the I Hague. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I doubt that because, like you said, it, this country we don't usually do that. But and maybe that can change. I'm, I'm I've always got a little bit of hope. But I mean, just like you said, what what we I mean, I can you can take a look at people like Bill Cosby, and you know he was like America's dad, and now mm -hmm. he's now he's in jail. Right. And so every once in a while it happens. And yeah, somebody has to be really despicable to make it happen. Yeah, right? and I and think I, he has been despicable. <laughs> I think Trump might have passed that state, yeah. <laughs> I th he's beyond despicable now. I mean, yeah, the guy he is really is. So, I mean, I don't know how far this is going to go, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it's such a conundrum because where are we going to go as a country? Obviously, Joe Biden's going to take over, and immediately there will be a sense of kind of like this, like a relief, but it doesn't mean, you know, everybody on Twitter who's been saying Trump is not the disease, he's the symptom is absolutely correct. This has all yeah. been building. And frankly, this could go back to, I always say, I mean, I know it probably even goes back farther, but you can take it back to the John Birch Society with, and, and uh, everything in the Tea Party is basically what was, what the John Birch Society, or I should say the John Birch Society evolved into the Tea Party. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would. That, this is one of my uh, my little uh, my pet peeves that that kind of led to me departing from the right. In fact, was seeing the John Birch Society come back mm -hmm. in the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. You know, seeing them have booths at CPAC. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, wow. And and then when I would talk to conservatives, like um, I went on uh, Blogging Heads once with Con Carroll, who's a pretty well-known conservative writer. 
And I asked him directly, you know, what do you feel about the John Birch Society having a booth at CPAC? Don't you think that's bad? And he absolutely refused to condemn it. Hmm. I mean, he, you know, immediately tried to turn it around. Yeah, okay, but what about this, right. this, what this? About? And, yeah, and, you know, but th that, that, real, that kind of response really made me solidify my views that I couldn't be associated with these people anymore. You know, yeah. because it was so weaselly and wrong and yeah. just like, you know, the John Birch Society has such a terrible reputation yeah. and for good reason. And, and, you know, to see them come back after being essentially marginalized for a lot of years, yeah. that, that to me was horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. Have you heard of the book Wrapped in the Flag by Claire Connor? Uh, yes, that's I have a, heard of that. That's what I haven't I read it, but I but I I've heard of the book. Yeah, I learned about the John Birch Society. I mean, I remember my mom bringing it up. She's always been political, so you know, I heard that term, I heard that name, but I was friends with I think it's Claire Connor York or something like that. I was friends with her on Facebook, and so she was talking about it, and I bought the book, and I gave it a five star. It's phenomenal, and it really does give you if you're not familiar with the John Birch Society. You know, her father was a founding member along with Fred Koch. And oh, mm -hmm. so she grew up in that environment. She talks about Phyllis Schlafly. I think Phyllis Schlafly actually rejected the John Birch Society, but was still part of that whole toxic conservative, um, yeah. you know, scum, slime, whatever. And um, But she talked about it, and I learned, I think the one of the only things that they no longer push is that uh, um, fluoride? That fluoride in the water is bad, or something like that. They they used to talk about they didn't right. like fluoride in the water. So they, they gave that argument up. But oh, but you still see right wingers using it, though. Really? I haven't seen <laughs> all the that. time. Wow, I, I have. Even seen it. I've seen it quite a bit. In fact, at the Tea Party uh, rallies. Wow. It, it wasn't uncommon to see signs about fluoride. Wow. Oh my God! Well, see, I don't go to tea party rallies, so I have, I, you know, I mean, it's like Bob go watches the uh, MAGA rallies, and I couldn't do it. I try to avoid those. I'll just listen to what other people have to say about them. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, when I, when remember, I mentioned about uh, when I brought up evolution at my blog, yeah. and I was surprised to see so many creationists. Part of what came up came up at that time was people were talking about the fluoride conspiracies, wow. and I again I was shocked because mm -hmm. to me. This was just like the epitome of ignorance, yes. you know. <laughs> you know, anyone who believes <laughs> that fluoride is is some kind of plot to, right. to you know, to control your thoughts or something or I, whatever they believe. I don't even know, and I don't care. But they're nuts. These people are nuts, just nuts. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like while they're freaking out about this vaccine, um, you know, the they they think they're gonna. Like the the Q people or whoever think that there's going to be a chip there and starting it's like okay you are on your phone twenty four seven with a chip <laughs> right. in it you've got credit cards with chips in it and if the government wants to monitor you they will they right. will figure out a way to do it they don't need to put a chip in your it's like so stupid and I remember back in two thousand I think it was around two thousand and seven there was this whole scare of the RFID chips and I remember watching one right. of the videos talking about how. We're going to be asking for it because, you know, children are going to, parents are going to want to chip their children just in case they ever get kidnapped and that we already <laughs> chip our pets and things like that. And it's like, I mean, I don't know where the future is going and if we're ever going to have chips, but I, I still maintain that no matter what, if the government wants to figure out what you're doing and what you're saying, they're going to be able to do it. So oh, yeah. um, they don't need to insert a chip into your body. You're so no, attached to your phone. We're giving them the information. Exactly. They don't need. To, they don't need to trick us into it. <laughs> you know, we're doing it so, willingly right now. Yes. It's so ridiculous. So, what do you think's gonna like? Okay, like I was just saying, you know, Biden's gonna come in, and there's gonna be this kind of sense of like relief. But because of the nature of our country right now, we're constantly, it seems like we're constantly in election season. So it's, it's going to be starting up, you know, in March or something. 2022 is already going to start going. Um, yeah. Like, how confident are you that not only can we stay in power during the 2022 elections, how confident are you that we can put the country back into any kind of normalcy or... Um, get like do you think that's possible or do you think that we're always just going to be on this roller coaster every election cycle well you know 
Biden is inheriting a hell of a mess. I'll yeah. say that. You know, so he's got a lot to do. <laughs> you know, and and some of the stuff is going to take extraordinary measures. You know, like getting rid of Trump's cronies that are throughout the government right now. Mm-hmm. That's got to be. Yes. A priority because without doing that, nothing is going to get done. Yeah. You know, it's it's a good thing that we have a slim control over both houses of Congress, right. I guess. Yeah. But uh, but you know, I mean, if if people like Mike Pompeo and mm. all of the people around him and the State Department, Department of Education, Health and Human Services, all those departments have been riddled with Trump supporters now. That was one of his main things that he did. It wasn't just installing judges. He installed his cronies and backers throughout the government. They're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and something has to be done about that. And I I don't even know where to start. I wouldn't know where to start. So I, <laughs> I can't really advise him on that. Right. But I will advise that it has to be done. Uh, you know, as for 2022, who knows? Yeah. You know, I Democrats are, you know infamously bad at voting in midterm elections. Yeah, I know. That's the fear. I mean, we did a good job in 2018. But I think, yes. I think the, motiv- the motivating factor was Trump. So people turned out, I think, both elections for Trump, all elections, actually, since he was installed. Well, and hopefully Trump will still be enough of a sore point that right. people will turn out again. You know, I mean, but I can't really predict... <laughs> You know, when I predict things, I'm usually wrong. <laughs> so I, I try not because I, I, I've been wrong too. <laughs> I never thought Trump would become president. I really didn't. Wow. I was terribly, badly surprised when he was. Well, uh, you know, I was. I, I guess I was surprised, but I was also. I mean, I know Bob was worried. You know, I know Bob had been saying he could win. He could win. He could win. And you know, I mean, I I had other. I was listening to other people who were saying he could win. So I was kind of like I, uh, that night. Uh, election night in 2016, I actually did feel good, and I felt ridiculously confident, and then we all know mm-hmm. what happened. It was like the worst. Ugh. That was yeah. like one of the worst things that I'd ever experienced. It was such a horrible feeling. I'll tell you one of the worst things for me about the Trump administration is seeing the people that I'd been fighting against and criticizing and just you know, making fun of on my blog for so many years. People like Gateway Pundit, yeah, you know, and and those kind of creeps, seeing them actually becoming influential in the government, yes, that was horrifying yeah. to me. It really was, and it still is. You know, I mean, of all the of all the people to to, to become popular, Jim Hoff at Gateway Pundit, yeah. is just the lowest of the low. <laughs> you know, I mean, oh. he's he, he's a liar and a racist. He quotes white supremacist sites frequently. Wow just a terrible terrible person and he gets a press pass yeah you know it's insane it really was Uh, that to me was one of the hardest things to see i just don't know i mean it's hard to it's really difficult to trust that our country is has enough good people in it that will vote because i think that you know I, i have a feeling that we're up for a roller coaster ride my only hope is that it, you know because there were because Donald Trump did destroy the Republican Party, and he he splintered it to the point where you know we've got people like Rick. Well, I don't think Rick Wilson is a Democrat at this point, but Steve Schmidt has become a Democrat, and then we've got a whole bunch of new kind of you know middle of the road say I guess you could call them centrist Republicans who are mm-hmm. not you know freaking out every five minutes about abortion. Basically, they consider. I don't know why they think that. They, I I know that they consider themselves to be uh, what's that term like conservative when it comes to spending and all of that. But oh yeah, fiscal fiscal conservative. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but when you look at the record, Democrats always have a better job when it comes to the economy. So I don't know why they think that being conservative is really the best choice. But whatever. I mean, you know. And then they, yeah, then, that's. That's one of the things that that always, you know, that always gets me. You know, yeah. Republicans gain power, the economy goes to shit. Yeah. <laughs> Democrats come back, it comes back again. The economy is good, and and Trump is like the the ultimate example of that. I mean, the mm-hmm. guy has wrecked the economy completely. Yeah. You know, that's one of the hardest Four things years. Joe Biden is going to have to address because it, it's 
it's in a seriously bad state right now. Yeah, I mean, it took George W. Bush eight years. It took Trump four. And it's not yeah. surprising. I mean, anybody, it's like, that, that's the other thing is that, you know, you've got these Republicans now like Liz Cheney and a couple of them, Mitt Romney, who are not afraid to speak out about him. But, you know, okay, now I'll give Mitt Romney a little bit more credit. I don't like Mitt Romney, but I'll give him a little bit more credit because he did vote to convict him the last time around. And he has been, you know, critical of him. Mm-hmm. But these these Republicans that are now in the, you know, 11th, deep, deep into the 11th hour, who are finally finding this, oh, yeah, Trump is bad. It's like, mm-mm, no, yeah. I don't buy you. You're full of shit. You've been, you've been undermining democracy for years. I mean, the same thing could be said about somebody like Steve Schmidt or, or, or Rick Wilson, because sure. they have been fighting against democracy. And then when it bit them in the ass, when Donald Trump became the leader of their party and took everything over, okay, yes, I'm grateful that they got it, and I'm grateful that they are helping us, you know, whether it's defeating um, the, the insurrectionist-loving Kelly Loeffler, right. or, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I don't know right. what to expect for them in the long term, but if we can, if this party, uh, the Democratic Party, can be such a big tent to include the Steve Schmitz and the Rick Wilson types and AOC, and if those two groups can find peace... So that at the very least, they just leave each other alone at election time, and we all can work together to win that election, um, even though there will be policy disagreements or how to get to the policy in the party. If we can do that, then I do have hope. But that's really what it boils down to, in my opinion. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, um, I I think I tweeted the other day something about I, I warily accepted the support of the Lincoln Project yeah. and, the, and those guys just because I know their history and yeah. I know, you know, they didn't they were terrible people, let's yeah. face it they, they were really awful they promoted all the most awful right wing memes yes. um, but, you know, I'll warily accept their support because they've been consistently mm-hmm. opposed to the worst president in history, you yeah. know, which is good, but the guys who just suddenly See yeah. their uh, see their donors mm-hmm. drying up, that kind of stuff, you know, like Kevin McCarthy, for example. I, yeah. No, <laughs> just <laughs> no. no. You don't get you don't get to be the good guy now. Right. Sorry. Yeah, and Liz Cheney. No, no. Right. Absolutely not. Yeah, and it's like I mean, Steve Schmidt gave us Sarah Palin, and Rick Wilson used to go. I mean, he went after. There was this famous Bob had found it and told me about it. There was awful ad. Uh, from and it was a primary where a Republican was primarying another Republican who was a veteran who had lost, I think, both legs and an arm. And Rick Wilson did an ad against this veteran, and it was just awful. And so, oh, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that, uh, um, I can't remember his name, Max something, yeah, I think? Yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. And, yeah, they you know, they did a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. You know, but I think they probably helped to some extent defeat Trump this time around. Yeah, probably I think not have. that, not as much as they'd like us to think they right. did. But <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I think Stacey Abrams and the grassroots organizers get most of the credit. And yeah. you know, I mean, I will maintain, and I don't want to take any victory away from Stacey Abrams because she's amazing. I, yeah. I, I genuinely, she is one of the most impressive people I've ever, I've ever seen. But I think that I think what this election really was about was about people decided they had enough of Trump, even if it was just they were sick and tired of hearing him. If if, if it wasn't about this, oh, he's this terrible man who's caged children and all that, you know, and Putin and this and that. If it was just simply about we're sick and tired of hearing him, he's divisive and I'm, I'm just tired of him. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people in this country vote based on their, you know, whether they like somebody or yeah. not. They don't really even look into the policies. They don't right. know in- anything about it. And I think Trump has worn out his welcome. I mean, yeah. he's just he's such a grotesque person, you yeah. know, in so many ways. I think people are just repelled by him, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Except the people who are like him. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Like Matt Gates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Jim Jordan and those horrible people. But it's right. just it's so easy to imagine. I mean, if Trump had gotten in and behaved pres- in a presidential way, he's still doing all the things, but just under the wire and not right. having idiots like Rudy Giuliani and, you know, and, 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 and people like that surrounding him, he would have been able, I th- he would have been, and plus, 
add to that, if he would have just let Fauci and the and the experts deal with this virus, right. he probably could have gotten a landslide election, which is really frightening to think because people don't pay attention. But yeah. that the, the frightening thing about that is, well, you know, we all have to be really hyper like sensitive to the fact that there could be a smart Trump around the corner. Yeah, but but on a, on another level, I I agree with that basically. I mean, it's possible that that could happen. Mm -hmm. But I also think that part of the reason why Trump Trump became so popular is because he's like this. Yeah. You know, it's no, it's I not agree. it's not a fluke and it's not no. you know, it's not hard to understand. You know, a lot of the right-wing base is like Donald Trump. Uh, it goes back to what I said. He's he's like a right-wing troll who became mm -hmm. president. Yeah. He literally is part of them. And I think that's one reason why he, you know, why he became president and why he's still popular. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, you know, you could have a smarter Republican who would sound more like a normal politician, but that's not what these people want. Well, that's true. You know, they want they want a nut. <laughs> yeah, especially they, now that they got one. You know, they, they've got one. And so like, now there's no going back. They, they're yeah. like addicted to the crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh I think God. that's going to be around for a long time, you know. But yeah. hopefully their their numbers will dwindle, you know. Yeah. I think, you know, they're all, a lot of these people are old and out of shape, too. They're right. going to die. <laughs> you know? I, 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 unfortunately, I think that's what it's going to take is for some of these some of this generation of yeah. deranged Republicans to just die off and yeah. get replaced with younger people who have more open minds. Well, I mean, unfo unfortunately, there's also a lot of these. I mean, I don't know what the numbers are in comparison to the rest of the country, but you take a look at some of these like the Proud Boys and these white supremacists and they're they are because the internet affords them immediate you know like uh communication as opposed to back before the internet when it, when they had to rely on snail mail on the telephone and right. like you know group meetings in their town or whatever now mm -hmm. they have a they have this huge platform even though they've been kicked off they there's always a place you can go on the internet there's always a place you can find on the internet to spread your information so very true um, I think that that's one of the things that's going to keep us from advancing faster is, you know, Bob is always saying the Internet came. We're not evolved enough to handle the Internet. In some cases, we're, you know, we're doing a good job with it. But obviously, when it comes to things like white supremacy and the batshit craziness of the right wing yeah, you know, groups in this country, it's it's hurting us, and I don't. Well, that's I don't know. that's a whole topic we could spend another hour on because I have a lot of opinions <laughs> on that. I mean, with my own experience at at Little Green Footballs, I, you know, I have some very strong opinions on the, the importance of moderation. Yeah. To shut down this kind of stuff, you yeah. know, and and I have nothing but uh, scorn for Twitter and right. Facebook for the way they've handled it. Mm -hmm. These guys. You know, it's like a tech libertarian view yes. that uh, that you yeah. have to just kind of let everyone say whatever they want, and you know, and the community will, will rise up and stop them if if needed. You yeah. know, that's the idea, right? And it's a it's an idea that sounds nice, but it's bullshit. Right. It never happens. You know, what happens is the trolls are the ones who are the most vehement and the most convicted in what they do. You yeah. know, they have the most conviction, and they will take over a site. Because they drive out the decent people. Yeah. Nobody wants to be on a site that 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 has nothing but trolls on it. You yeah. know that's why that's why Parler and mm -hmm. Gab and all those right wing alternatives to Twitter never succeed because mm -hmm. they you know they don't get anyone but trolls and yeah. trolls trolls don't want to hang out with other trolls they want to <laughs> troll people who aren't trolls. You know that's so part of, that's part of what they do and. You know, and and as a result, you know, all these tech libertarians who refuse to moderate, yeah, you know, and it's also part part of it is is money too. You mm -hmm. know, they <laughs> yeah. they get they get more income yeah. by just not moderating anything, and you know, and that's kind of what has led to the state we're in right now. And the people always say that Twitter can't possibly moderate; it's too big. How could they ever do it? That's bullshit it too. It is bullshit. You know, all you have to do is. You know, hire like a hundred or two hundred people, 
who spend full time. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can find Nazis on Twitter, they can do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I can find them just by looking up Adolf Hitler. Right. You know, and immediately you'll see all like 2,000 Nazis in your timeline. Right. So, you know, I, th- I think it's really shocking that they have dropped the social responsibility part of social media. Well, yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping that after this whole, you know, purge and, and the fact that they've gotten rid of the president. I mean, Facebook did it before Twitter did it. I mean, Facebook hasn't been permanent, but they did it before Twitter. So mm-hmm. I'm just hoping that this leads, and I, you know, I, mean, I know Joe Biden has so much to do, and he can't be in charge of everything and get everything done in two years, but I hope as a result of what we just witnessed that there is some kind of regulation that, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, tw- uh, Facebook knows how to regulate their site. I yeah. was a victim of that purge back in 2018 when, I don't know if you remember this, but it was like eight or 900 people lost pages and profiles. I was one of them. And oh, yeah. so mm. they, you know, I lost a bunch of pages. I lost my profile, which was a very engaged. I, I had so much engagement. I had 5,000 friends, 16,000 followers, and a lot of engagement on my page. And, you know, I so and I also noticed that I think it was around and, you know, anybody who was a blogger. So you would have noticed this, too, if you had any kind of um, prominence on on Facebook. I think it was around 2014, 2013 or whatever. uh, They started to. uh, What's the word? Um, Basically, it was just if you wrote political, especially liberal, but if you if you wrote political blogs, they were not distributed the way yes. it was like... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I did notice that. I, I mean, they were deliberately limiting, yes. you know, the reach of, of your posts. And, and you know, and they, and at the same time, it would constantly ask you to give them money yeah, to, to boost promote... Yeah, to boost your post. Yeah. And, and, and that was... Uh, to be honest, I've given up on Facebook. I just don't participate in it anymore. It's, it's pointless, you know. They've also, from a technical standpoint, I used to have... Uh, uh, software at my blog that would do things like automatically posting new posts on Facebook. You know, it would oh, go right, in and yeah. put it in my page on Facebook. They've tightened all that stuff up now, yeah. and you can't even do that anymore with their with their software API. It's it's literally they've created a walled garden, yeah. pretty much, and it's run by people who are who have their heads up their asses. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I'm hoping that I would like to get off of Facebook this year. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I'm still growing my, my podcast, and, you know, I, I feel like mm-hmm. being on Facebook, the, the one benefit is that I know that the stuff that I'm putting out is factual. And if, if it's not factual and I find out, then I will say so, and I'll correct right. it, um, as a form to counter all the disinformation that is on there. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm doing it personally, but I, for my own personal benefit, but also... I figure, well, if I'm going to be there for my own personal be- benefit, then at least I can be one of these people who, who puts up positive, or not positive, but like factual information. And well, so, good for you. I've, I've pretty much given up. Well, I, but I, I want to <laughs> give it up. I, I want, because I, I, the other day I was dinged for something. I posted something and it, it's just, I have a, a profile page and then I have like a like page, like a public page that I post basically the same thing, but it's like my political page with my name on it. And so I got dinged for posting something that was, I said, I ca- it was a picture of the insurrectionist and there was the police officer laying on his, on his stomach and they were all mm-hmm. surrounding him. And I wrote Trump's mob. So I get this warning on my profile that I was suspended for three days, but I had posted it on my like page and I got a warning on my like page, not even a warning, just a, a, a thing that said that I was suspended for 30 days. And I, I did... Uh, fight it, and then after a few minutes, they ga- they gave everything back. But the Man, thing that I hate... Ridiculous. It is ridiculous. The thing that I really hate is s- you can't... If you say white trash bag because of the term white trash, you'll get dinged for hate speech. That's right. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I posted a picture on, on, on Twitter the other day uh, of those... Uh, insurrectionists climbing the wall and mm-hmm. someone had put a Donkey Kong figure right, on top funny. of it. that was funny. <laughs> and, and, the, and the caption was Honky Kong. Oh, wow. Honky Kong 2021. And somebody gave me, yeah, somebody, the guy who sent that to me uh, said he'd been banned from Facebook for posting it. 
Wow. Like permanently the, banned or banned or suspended? Uh, probably. Well, he didn't say, but I imagine probably one of those 30-day wow. bans. Wow. It's ridiculous. And it's because of the word honky. honky. God forbid. God forbid you say anything bad about white people. That's it. <laughs> you know, they treat it all as the same thing. Yeah. It's, you know, that's why I, I haven't deleted my account there yet, but I, I just stopped really doing anything on it yeah i mean i'd like to i I, i'm not going to say i'm absolutely leaving but my goal is to leave and i have a i have in order to achieve that goal i have to achieve another goal so once that goal is achieved then i'm going to be like bye facebook i can't take you anymore plus i hate (laughs) them because they you know i was never the person that complained about when they changed the format and i you know i always recognize that everyone freaked out they go i hate it i hate it i hate it and then they get used to it and then they change it again and then they wanted the old format that they hated so much so i was right. always fine i didn't give a shit now they've changed it and it's so not user friendly especially when you i have a, a couple of public pages that i post on and getting over to them and and the whole you know it used to be so easy if you wanted to schedule a post you just post like any other post and then you go down and hit schedule and you'd schedule it and it would be now you have to go to creator studio and you have to look it, it's the most annoying fucking thing and it takes it, it puts so many unnecessary steps in just drives me nuts. So anyway, I hate Facebook and I hate Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> and I hate all of them. But I guess I should 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 end this show. You probably have things to do, and I definitely have things to do. So okay, um, but it was totally awesome talking to you. And yeah, I, same to you, definitely. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, I I hope that you're wrong about the Senate. I don't necessarily think you are, but I hope that you're wrong, and I hope they convict him. Um, I hope I am too. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. But before we go, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, my blog is called Little Green Footballs, all one word, dot com. Okay. And you can find me there or Twitter at green underscore footballs. Perfect. Well, I will put those two links in the description of the Patreon in the show. And then, of course, you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget that extra E. And then also you can find my books on um, Amazon under Kimberly Johnson. So I just wanted to say once again, thank you, Charles, for being on the show. It was great. Thank you for having me. It was great. Yeah. All right. You take care. You too.